0: Welcome to another faith-building message from Samuel Pada, pastor of the King's Temple in Hyderabad, India. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. We are continuing on the subject of the glorious, that, of glorious destiny. You have a glorious destiny. Somebody say, I have a glorious destiny. One more time. I have a glorious destiny. God has a glorious destiny Assigned for every one of us. But I want you to understand, as I keep teaching you on this, that you have a part to play in securing your glorious destiny. It's not all God where you say, hey, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. You can't just leave everything into the hands of God because God expects us To have some responsibility and be involved in securing our destiny. Let me share this. When God began to speak through Moses, he said, I will take you into the promised land. I've given you the promised land. But how many know, except for two of them, the others never made it to the promised land? Are you awake? Well, talk to me. Did you hear what I said? Say amen then. Alright, so only two of them made it, reason, because they did not take responsibility. How many know that even before Samson was born, God had anointed him to be a deliverer for the nation of Israel? He ended up blind, he ended up a slave, he ended up running the mill, but that was not his destiny. Come on now, amen? Amen. He did not have to become blind. He did not have to run the mill. He did not have to be led by others because he was blind. But because he did not take responsibility and he lived his life as he pleased, he never ended up in his glorious destiny. Friend, I want you to understand it's not just praying and reading the Bible. Those both are very important aspects. You need to read the word and you need to pray. But you also have to take responsibility concerning the decisions you make and how you act in life. Now we've been, we've been talking about this and I shared about the, the, the aspect of consecration in the foundation for securing your destiny. But then we have another aspect that we began to study, and it's called righteousness. You all know that I preached and I taught you that righteousness is not earned but is received because it's a free gift. But then I began to teach you once you receive the gift, now you have the responsibility of maintaining the righteous status. Say amen. You've been given a right stand with God, but you now have a responsibility to maintain this right stand. So righteousness has two aspects. One, where you're made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The second aspect is to continue to live in the right standing that you have been given in God. Now herein, you have to understand that you have a part to play. That you have to do whatever you have to do according to the word to continue to maintain the right stand with God. Now, as we looked at this aspect, we said the number one thing is you need to desire this right standing with God. You need to desire to maintain the right stand with God. And we de- developed that. I talked about it. I taught you on that. So if you missed it, go get the CD or the DVD and listen to it. It will be a blessing. What we began to now look at, the last time I started, was on the second aspect called committing yourself to a life of prayer and fasting. So second point is, commit your life to prayer and fasting. Why? Because this is what's going to help you to maintain the right stand with God. Hallelujah. This is another aspect That is important for you to realize that will help you in maintaining the right stand with God. Prayer and fasting. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26. Now you know that I've been sharing with you that we need to become a people of prayer. I said we need to become a people of prayer. I said we need to become a people of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. And I've asked you and I've challenged you that you pray at least an hour every day. I need to see a show of hands right now. How many are praying for an hour every day? Come on, be honest before the Lord. Lift, lift it up high. I want to see those few hands that are going up. Oh, put it down. How many have not prayed for an hour every day? Put your hand up. Now, I'm your teacher, right? So be honest, put your hand up. I'm not here to criticize you, I'm here to help you. Okay? You need to understand that if you don't commit to praying, the devil is out there. What is he saying? Seeking whom he may devour. Seeking. Turn these lights off please. Seeking whom he may devour. Friend, I'm going to show you why it is so important to pray. See, you need to understand you are being led. God didn't put me here to entertain you. God didn't put me here to give you a sermon, just a sermon every Sunday. God put me here to lead you in the direction that God has for us as a church. To take you into your promised land. Now you got to understand that. See I'm speaking from a position of authority that I have received from the Lord. Not received through you. Because you elected me to teach you. No. No. This is not a democratic situation. This is a theocratic situation. That's why if you don't like this leadership and you don't receive me as your pastor, you have another place to go. Did you hear what I said? But when you believe God has planted you in this church, you realize that I'm not just somebody here to entertain you. I'm here to guide you. To lead you into the direction that God has for you. To take you into your promised land. Somebody say amen. That's why you can't be a butterfly Christian moving from one church to another. And come when it's convenient to go to church. You've got to commit yourself to a local church. Commit yourself and give yourself under the authority. And submit to the authority of the man of God that you believe God has placed you in. And let him speak into your life. Can I hear an Amen. But the concept we have been raised in is I'll go to any church that's convenient for me. I will elect the pastor and I'll tell him what to preach. Remember one, you know, I don't know if I shared this with you, but well, sometime back I was in Chicago and I was asked to preach in a church. And as I was preaching in the church, there was another pastor that came to me and he said, "Would you like to come and preach in our church?" I said, "Sure, I, I don't have a problem." But then after I preached the sermon in the first service, he came to me with a slip of paper. He said, Pastor, I want you to teach and preach on this and this and this and this. I looked him into his eyes and I said, Pastor, I'm not doing it. Don't you worry, what God has put in my heart will be good for you. I'm not being told by man to do what I got to do. God called me and God will tell me what to teach. Come on, if you don't like this kind of leadership, you better find another place. Come on now. Amen. Well, I'm in business, friend. I'm in business. This is not fun time. This is not just coming together as Dalit Christians to influence the government. Forget it. We are royalty. We are God's people. Hallelujah. We have God's government on us. We have God's anointing on us. Thank God for whatever the government does. But the government is not our God. And we don't have to go begging anybody because we are in the kingdom of God and our source is God. We draw from the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We're not no beggars on the street there. We may be a minority in the eyes of the world, but we are a majority when God is with us. If God be for me, who can be against me? Come on now. If God be for me, who can be against me? So I want you to listen to me. As a man that God has placed here to speak into your life. I said, we need to pray for an hour. Come on, I want to encourage you. Maybe you have not arrived at an hour, but make an effort. Start with 15 minutes. Graduate, go over to half an hour, then 45 minutes, then an hour. But you've got to be working on arriving at that place. Another issue that I talked to you about is getting somebody to the church. Evangelism. Pastor Sam preached a wonderful word just before we took part in the communion this morning. Amen. He told you what, how one man made a difference in his life. Today, he's a pastor preaching the word because somebody made the effort to say, come to church. Come on now. You don't know how many pastors are out there that are waiting to be invited. So their life can be transformed to become a pastor, an evangelist, an apostle. You don't know. God can use you and I just to bring such people into the house. Amen. How many brought somebody new this morning? Give me a wave. I'm going to ask you one. Oh, I got only one obedient child in this whole congregation. Come on now. Church, I'm not playing games. Are you flowing with me? I asked you a question. I said, are you flowing with me? Do you believe God has placed me in this place? Are you going to listen to me? Well, don't you play games anymore. I want you to bring somebody this Friday. I've been, you laughed when I showed you how to compel somebody. I'm not here like a joker. Just to make you laugh. I gave you an illustration so you can do something about it. Can I hear an amen? Come on. I need more, every one of you, to go out there, pray for the lost, and bring them because they need to be born again. You know that your pastors give an altar call at the end of every service. If only one man has brought somebody here, how many do you think will get saved? And every one of us is praying, Lord, we want salvation. You got to go and get saved again and over again and over again? Now, Unless we bring somebody, it's not going to happen. Can I hear an amen? Is the word getting through to you? Are you getting it? Well, are we going to do something about it? I'm going to keep encouraging you. What did I say? These three months are months of increase and growth and blessing. Amen. So I want all of us to get into the act, start praying for an hour and also going out and reaching out to the people. Can I hear an Amen. All right, let's carry on. So in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41, this is what it says. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. All right? Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. How many know, friend, to beat temptation? To overcome temptation, prayer is essential. For most people, prayer is only supplication. To most people, prayer is only going to God with a wish list and a shopping list and saying, God, give me this. Give me a good job. Transfer me from here. Give me a promotion. Give me money. Bless my children. Give them an education. Give them a visa to go to another country. Get my, my daughter a good husband. How many people know most people think prayer is only that? But listen to what Jesus is saying over here. Watch and pray. Now I want to read that part in the amplified version. Look at what it says over here. In verse 41. All of you must keep awake. Give strict attention. Be cautious and active. Did you get that? He said, give strict attention. Be cautious and active and watch and pray that you may not come into temptation. Friend, temptation will come to everyone. It doesn't matter how mature you are and how powerful you are in God. Everyone will be tempted. And Jesus here is teaching us, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Now he goes on to say this. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is? The spirit is willing to follow God. But the flesh is not going to follow God. The flesh is always enticed. Drawn to the lusts of the flesh. So if your flesh is not taken control... By the Spirit, the flesh will dominate you. And the flesh will cause you to sin. Remember Paul writing to the church in Corinth? He talks to a group of Christians called carnal Christians. You know who carnal Christians are? Carnal Christians are Christians that are led by the flesh and not by the Spirit. Their flesh dominates them in making the choices and decisions in life. Friend, when you make a decision in line with your fleshly desire, most often you will end up in sin. Because you have yielded to the temptation. He says, the spirit is willing to follow God. But the flesh is weak. So the flesh will cause you to sin. So what do we need to do? We need to pray. Somebody say, we need to pray. What does prayer do? Prayer empowers your spirit to overpower the flesh. Prayer empowers the spirit to overpower the flesh. Now, let me show you a few things. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And look at verse 8. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap what? Corruption. Somebody say corruption. Now, I also want to show you from the, from, uh, the Amplified. Okay. For he who sows to his own flesh the lower nature, sensuality, will from the flesh Reap decay and ruin and destruction. Can you see that? Whenever you make a choice and a decision in line with the fleshly desires, the Bible says what you will reap because you're sowing now is you will reap decay, ruin and destruction. But he who sows to the spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Hallelujah. Friend, you have to understand that whenever I make you and I make a decision in line with the Spirit, we will reap what? Eternal life. We will reap a harvest that comes from God. Hallelujah. That enables us to maintain our right standing with God. Come on, come on, come on. Talk to me. Amen. See, but the flesh is weak. The Bible is making it very clear, church. The flesh is weak, which means all of us are susceptible to this. And so, if we are not prayed up, if we don't make an effort to pray and build our spirit, man, we will easily be sucked in. And we'll succumb to the pressure and give in to the flesh. And we will lose our right standing with God. Because sin will displace you from the right standing you have with God. Somebody say amen. You see? So he says, watch and pray. Watch out. Because the temptation is coming from behind. It's coming from the sides. It's coming right across. It's coming from all over the place. If you're not watching, it will come and swallow you. You've got to be watchful in the spirit. You've got to be watchful in prayer so that when it comes, you know how to tackle it. Somebody say amen. Let me show you Galatians chapter 5 now. <clears throat> Verse 17. Look at this. This is very good. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Let me read from the Amplified, making it even more clearer for us. All right. Look at this. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit. Did you get what I said right now? Your flesh. Fleshly desires are opposed to the Holy Spirit. Your fleshly desires are opposed to the Holy Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh. That means there is enmity between the flesh and the Spirit. Come on now, Amen. Let me read it again. And the desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh. Godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other. Continually withstanding and in conflict with each other. So that you are not free. But are prevented from doing what you desire to do. Watch that. Watch that. See what is he saying over here. For, there is an, for these are antagonistic to each other. They are opposed to each other. And continually, I want you to get that word, continually withstand in conflict with each other. There is constant battle between the flesh and the spirit. I'm talking about your flesh and your spirit that is born again. There is constant battle between your flesh and your spirit. Alright? So that you are not free But are prevented from doing what you desire to do. Watch this. The flesh is always applying pressure on you. Through lust. To draw you away and yield to temptation so that you might have that momentary pleasure and lose your stand with God. Because there is a constant battle going on. Say amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. So. What are we saying? Sometimes you will have to add fasting to your prayer. Sometimes you will have to add fasting to your prayer because it helps in crucifying the flesh and empowering the spirit. Star the fleshly appetites. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27, Paul says, I buffet my body. You know what that means? I punish my body. I bring it under subjection and I keep it under control so that I will not yield to the fleshly pressures that come upon my life. Friend, how do I buffet my body? Fasting is a very important tool. When I starve my flesh, friend, are you getting what I'm saying? The decision is made by you. Two things are being presented. The spirit is longing when a temptation comes. The spirit longs for one thing and the flesh longs for something else. But who is the deciding factor? God is not the one that decides. You decide. Whether you will go after the flesh or whether you'll go after the spirit. Say amen. So, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. What is the way out of temptation? You got to pray. Say pray. Come on again. That's why I'm getting you to pray an hour every day. Why? Because when the temptation comes, you're already prayed up. I'll show you some more things as we go along. We are prayed up so the flesh is weakened and our spirit is strengthened. is not just to ask God to bless you. Prayer is to empower yourself to overcome the enemy. Prayer is the means by which you strengthen your spirit man. That's why Jude said pray much in the Holy Ghost building up your most holy faith. That's the reason I'm saying you need to pray an hour just in tongues. I didn't get a single amen. I said, we need to pray one hour just in tongues. Pastor, I don't have time. You have time. Don't tell me a lie. What are you doing all night? If you're on night duty, what are you doing all through the day? I need some rest. Yes. The Bible said through these tongues in Isaiah, he gives us rest. Hallelujah. So nobody has an excuse. I don't care how busy you are. You still have time. And if you think you don't have time... You're only empowering your flesh to take you away from your right standing from God. God has given us righteousness, a right standing with God, but it is now our responsibility to maintain the right standing with God. Amen? Now go to James chapter 5, please. James chapter 5. And look at verse 16. I'm reading only a part of that verse. The latter part, and it reads like this. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Mm -hmm. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer. Not just whispering a prayer. Lord, I I, I don't have time. I'm, I'm, I'm very busy. Uh, but bless me on my way, Lord. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. God, I, I, I mean, I intended to wake up early and pray, but Lord, I, I'm sorry I woke up late this morning, but I'm going for a business deal, and um, please help me, Lord, that I will get this deal. You go there, and you start discussing, and the guy says, yes, you can have your deal, but you got to put some money under the table. You say, um, okay, but let me think about it. You think about it? If you've been prayed up, you'd say, forget it. Amen? Forget it. Hallelujah. See, but you need to be prayed up. The heartfelt, continued prayer of a what man? Everybody now. What man? Louder. A righteous man. That means one who has been made and declared righteous by God. And the one that is living right before God. Two aspects. You've been made righteous, but the question is, are you maintaining the righteousness? Because if you're not maintaining righteousness, you will not have that boldness or the confidence, and you will not have that power available to you. 1 John chapter 3 now. And verse 21. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we What? Everybody shout what I read. Then have we what? Everybody say confidence. Louder. One more time. See, you're saying, if our heart does not condemn us, that means we're walking in right relationship with God. We're not yielding to the flesh. When I'm maintaining a right stand with God, then I have confidence before God. A earnest Heartfelt prayer of a righteous man. One that is declared righteous and one that is living right. Has tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Hallelujah. Powerful, powerful, great power of God is made available to such people. Friend, you need that to get to your destiny. Because you know who stopped them on the way? Giants. But when dynamic, tremendous power is released, you may look like a lilliput in the eyes of the giant. But how many know you're empowered by a God that is greater than the giant? But that power is made available only when you are living the right life and you're connecting to God through the Spirit. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So forget those ideas. Well, I can sin now and go back to God and say, God, forgive me, and he'll forgive me. True, he will forgive you. But will you have confidence? Will you have the confidence that when you pray, God has answered your prayer? This is the problem with the church. Most people in the church lack confidence in their prayer. That's why they don't have answers to their prayers. Because we don't have The boldness to say, I am the righteousness of God and live the right life. Friend, let me tell you. The battle of righteousness is a spiritual war. The battle for righteousness is a spiritual war. That's why he said in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. The war cannot be won carnally, not with natural ability. That's why Jesus said, watch and pray. This battle is not won with your education. This battle is not won with physical strength. It is not won by mental strength. It is won only in the Spirit. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel for past episodes. If you've been blessed by the message today, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. For more content from the King's Temple or to connect with us, visit kingstemple.in. Have a blessed day.